Cousins to the goal line, off the hands of the receiver, and picked off. It is Traven Howard who just came into the game. Does, and a good return, pointing out blockers. There goes Brandon Powell, punter to beat, into the end zone, touchdown. Stafford for Beckham, open, touchdown. Stafford protected, looking for Cup. He got loose from Mackenzie Alexander. And there goes Cooper Cup, down inside the 35 of Minnesota. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the East Coast Rams podcast. I am your host, Ashton Spencer, joined with my awesome co-host, Zach Mayer. How is it all going, Zach? Oh, things seem to be going pretty well, you know, coming off a Christmas break, getting to got to spend some good quality time with the family, enjoying plentiful amounts of football, thanks to, you know, all the COVID shuffling that happened last week. Um but, you know, we did get a, a good, nice Christmas miracle, and the Rams squeaked out a win against the Vikings. Um, it was definitely kind of a grit-your-teeth kind of a game, but it still feels good for the Rams to be victorious and now currently seated at the top of the NFC West and pretty much being able to kind of control their own destiny. Now, I know we'll get into more details about, you know, the game itself, but uh, how are you feeling coming out of this week's game and uh, the Christmas break? Yeah, Zach. Um, I really, really um thought this game was gonna go a different direction at a certain point in time, and most people did too. Um, it was a really hard game to play just from the team perspective, and people have to understand this is an NFL pro team going in and playing off of only one what one practice, Zach. Uh, last week or two going in and trying to play a team fighting for their playoff lives so uh let's start off with that that's why you saw a lot of lackluster execution in certain plays and stuff like that especially on offense because offense is a lot harder to prep uh there's no excuse uh anyone with a pair of eyeballs can see Stafford played bad um it was a bad game um for anyone trying to crucify him uh slow down uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, I think it's a little crazy. Just like the greatest of quarterbacks have bad days. Uh, you have to acknowledge that. But like I said, anyone with eyeball, eyeballs can see Stafford was off for like three quarters. The play calling, um, Zach, I felt like was an issue uh, at certain points in the game. When you know your QB is struggling, like you got to give them easy throws and you got to lean on the run game. And I felt like McVeigh for big chunks of this game just refused to run the ball, especially in the red zone. I'm like, how do you go seven, seven plays straight, Zach, running or throwing the ball after you get like a nice 20, 30 chunk yard run by Sony Michelle? I just don't understand it. Yeah, you know, I could I can see maybe one or two, you know, you have Funk in the back uh giving, you know, Sony a little bit of a break and so you're trying to mix things up and putting throwing in the ball a couple of times. And I get it, you know, that's how the Rams have been for so many years. They've been more of a, you know, a pass first offense. Um but really, you know, lean on Sony Michelle and we'll talk more about him and how he's had a great December, but um yeah, really you know, need that coaching to kind of be a little bit more even playing field throughout the whole game and not just, you know, in bits and pieces of it. Well, I mean, the thing is, this isn't like a game against the Buccaneers in week three, where you're only getting like a yard or two a run and you can throw it and you're getting big chunk plays every time and Stafford's on it and playing good. It's, it wasn't that type of game. It was the opposite. We were struggling to find passing downs. And guess what? We were getting nine, 10, seven yards of run. So it like, I don't get why Sean McVay just refuses to do that. Some games he gets so hard headed and he just wants to throw. I'm like, it almost lost us the game. It really yeah. did. Um, Especially when you have to realize your, your QB is just off this game. It happens, and you have to work with that and work around that as a coach. No, yeah, I, I agree with you, you know, and I'm not I'm not sure if it's the fear of putting too much on one person. Um, you know, yes, you're, you're putting a lot on your um, quarterback to throw the ball, but the quarterback can throw the ball to, you know, four, five, six different people. When in the running game, you know, really you just have Sony Michelle 
Um, you, Henderson's, you know, kind of back, but then obviously we all know he got injured um, throughout the game. But um, but really, you only have one. You only have one running back. I mean, you ha- you got you have mm-hmm. Funk, and you know that's great. But I feel like McVeigh is afraid that something's going to happen to the run game, and they then they'll have nothing other than the pass game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely see that point of view about the running back's health. But, you know, also, again, it was kind of like a win-in-your-in playoff situation. And when you control your own destiny, it's like it's like that Patriots game from last year. It's like when you clearly see Cam Akers can just run all over the field, let him run all over the field. And, you know, if injuries happen, they happen, and you have to work around that. Um, I feel like playing afraid isn't the best thing all the times. I don't know. I feel like coaches get burned by that sometimes. That's true. And, you know, Stafford does have stuff to prove. He has, he has as much as the Rams, you know, I think we're ready to move on from Jared Goff. You know, I think that there are still things that they want to see from Stafford. Everyone knows he has a good arm. He can throw the deep ball. He, he has that accuracy that we, that we want to see in a Super Bowl team. Um, but we're, we're seeing the moments where, you know, are we still, are we still getting, you know, the Detroit Lions Stafford and, um, and, and, and getting, you know, getting those, um, inaccuracies fixed is something that we need going into the next couple of weeks and then, you know, fulfilling the playoff, you know, dreams. Well, I mean, really with this inaccuracy, it's something that can be lived with. It's the bad decision-making and I think that's the main reason we moved on from Jared Goff on top of his inability to kind of make reads. But the decision-making, and we'll get into it more when we uh, break down the game. And uh, let's go ahead and start covering the highlights of the game, Zach, in quarter one. Uh, so basically, the Vikings receive the ball, and it kind of ends up with a quick three and out. And... Uh, it was just the defense started off really hot. Uh, we end up going down on our first drive. I remind me, Zach. I don't think we have scored on many opening drives this year. If we, I can so, remember. we started off. Um, I, I believe we started off the first three games uh, with um, with opening drive touchdowns, and I think that's what really got the Rams motivated in kind of that you know, that fast and loose um, where we were really excited to have Stafford. This was a new change that we were driving the ball fast. We were throwing it down far. We were making those, you know, 30, 40 yard uh, passes. Uh, So I'm pretty sure in the first three games, we were making those at least first quarter drives, if not the first drive um, that we had possession of, but it Mm -hmm. started to, it, it has decreased over, over the season. Yeah, definitely the last two months we've struggled in the first quarter. And this was a nice change of pace. I thought our first quarter, um, Stafford missing wide open throws aside, it was a pretty well-ran offense in the first quarter. And it just went downhill from there until the fourth. Um, Kirk Cousins uh, just getting stuffed most of the time. We get a touchdown, go up 7-0. Uh, and then I believe, uh, the Vikings go three and out. We end up coming back and just getting a simple field goal. Uh, then going into the second quarter, uh, the Rams and Vikings end up just trading, uh, field goals, a weird squib, uh, kick Zach. I, I don't know why we necessarily tried to do that. And if it, it seemed like bad execution, um, maybe the idea was smart to try to run out of time, but it almost costed us a other field goal. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I I feel like I we we were I was just watching a game, and I maybe it was maybe it was the Colts game where they did that at the very end too, and they were successful in that, and I think that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to kick it so that the the clock would start um, a lot sooner and run it out, but uh, yeah, it was it was very unsuccessful, and you know, I think that's where. Our, we're we have come to assume that our special teams is not uh great uh this this uh definitely this game and we'll talk about it here in a few minutes but this game definitely turned around special teams i mean matt gay you know he's um you know pro bowler uh he's probably the 
the best person we have on special teams. Um, but yeah, just, you know, he's good at kicking field goals and, and things like that. He's had some off days where he's been kicking, he's missed kickoffs before, um, kicking them out of bounds and causing us penalties and things like that. But as far as like kicking field goals, he's been great, but let's just stick to game plan. Um, you know, kick it off and let, let them start on the 20 yard line. I, you know, I, I more believe in our defense than I do really our special teams. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense when you have 11 seconds to go in the game or in the second quarter to kick a squib kick. Um, especially cause I, I feel like 11 seconds is large enough that like if they start in midfield, the chances of them getting a field goal is a lot higher than if they start at like, let's say the 20 yard line. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know the actual analytics, but I just found that weird. And we haven't really performed on special teams outside of Matt Gay until mm-hmm. this game. Um, and let's uh, go into the third quarter. Uh, yeah. So the Rams get the ball back, um, you know, or they get the ball at half. Um, and then just two plays later, we get Matt Stafford's second interception of the game. And it just, you know, we were already up 13-3, and it just seemed like things were already – we're now falling apart even worse. And it felt like, you know, yes, we were up 10, but, man, once you throw that second interception, you just kind of felt like things were kind of um, starting to go downhill. Uh, luckily – the Rams defense holds forces the Vikings to punt until two plays later, Stafford throws his third uh, and luckily his final interception of the game. Um, That was the one out of the sack. To avoid the sack to avoid the sack. And, you know, I've been listening to a lot of other commentators about it and, you know, I feel like most people are like, just take the sack. It's better to take the sack than an errant throw or throw the ball away. I think those are the two things Stafford really needs to work on is if there is nothing, just throw it away. Um, don't try to make the heroic play. Well, I think that's something he got conditioned to in line, like being in lines because you're constantly being down, right? You constantly can't, you just can't take the sack. You have to try to make a play if you're going to win a football game. And I feel like he's a great QB and a great competitor in the sense that he he wants to make a play every play. But you're on a good team. You have to be able to rely on your team. It's like just because you're having a bad day, you can't make it worse. And I feel like the Rams in the last two years have had a lot of games where they beat themselves. Mm-hmm. And you and just this could have been do that. Yeah, this could have been one of those games too. And, you know, it's lucky that, in this situation, compared to the previous games where Stafford has thrown multiple interceptions, we were ahead in this. Um, typically in the past, we were either either tied or we're losing, and now we're even playing more catch-up. Um, so luckily, we've we kind of kept that, you know, seven to ten point lead to allow, um, you know, if Stafford makes those, you know, those mistakes, that we're able to correct that on defense and it not affect the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after that, probably I'm guessing your favorite play of the game. Uh, yeah, so uh, the Rams or the um, uh, when it got intercepted, it did go uh, for a um, it did go for a touchdown, so they did get points off of that. Uh, but then um, Rams came back out. You know, again, this is where. Um, Again, we're, we're the inconsistency a little bit. The Rams went three and out. They had a punt um, for the Vikings. The Vikings had a three and out, and then they punted. And we had our first special teams uh, big play of the year with Brandon Powell, which I feel like he, I've been watching him so closely on his punt returns. And he, every week, has surprised me. And I, I just kept feeling this was coming but he got a 61-yard punt return um, to give the Rams, I feel like, the boost both the offense needed and even more, like, the offense definitely needed it and then gave the defense even more of a boost, too. Um, and, you know, yeah, that was that was my favorite play of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I definitely 100% agree. And let's just uh, talk about Brandon Powell right now, like BP, as he likes to be called. 
I just knew he was different for a return game in Jacksonville. The second we had the ball, like I think he had a return to the 30. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, he was, that, he, sh- he should have got one then. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, I mean, it was just a 30 yard return. He had the 60 yarder later in that game. And I was just happy. Like I would have been happy with the returner that can get to 25. Zach, mm-hmm. that's how bad our special teams has been for two years, especially yeah. our return game has just been inconsistent and just terrible. We've, I think last year we had, we were bottom in the league for like average starting position uh, for drives and, you know, Brent BP just getting the 60 yarder in Jacksonville and now an awesome touchdown. I mean, kudos to him winning special teams player of the week uh nfc it just he deserves it it was great calls great blocking blocking by the special teams unit just a great play all around what, uh, just remind me was it this was the game because the games were so close from tuesday to this game was this also the game that he was mad at ben um skorsky for uh skoronic skoronic for getting in his way uh yes uh, ben Skoranek got in his way and had it touched Ben Skoranek, the uh, Vikings could have uh, retrieved it. And it yeah. wouldn't have been Powell's fault at all. Right. He was trying to get a fair catch of it. And he 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 was mad after that. Um, and so I'm just I'm just glad I feel like we finally found somebody who, you know, it seems to be securing of the ball. He wants that position. He's he's earning the reps for that position. And I'm really glad we're giving it to somebody else other than putting Cooper Cup in the back. Um, again, I think we've all felt like that was the wrong move throughout the year, but we kind of get why you needed, you need someone who had the hands to catch the ball and know, you know, when to call a fair catch, when to run it back, when to let it go in the end zone for a touchback. Um, and I think we finally found the guy we need to keep our special teams and, you know, get our punt returns into the, the place that really a Super Bowl caliber team needs to be at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just gives you a better margin error if your special teams is firing on all cylinders. And we started off rough this year outside of Matt Gay, and it looks like everything's trending in the right direction, fingers crossed. So after that, um, the Vikings do get the ball back. They they settle for a field goal. Um, and then uh, our offense, you know, finally gets back um, onto the field. Um, and they marched down 75 yards and 11 plays, um, final, uh, getting Matthew Stafford, a, uh, touchdown with, um, OBJ, um, mm-hmm. putting us up to 27 to 13, um, thoughts on that touchdown. Uh, I mean, it was a nice read by Stafford, a great route by OBJ, uh, we're lucky to get OBJ when we got, because losing Robert Woods, having depend on, we would have had to depend on like Benny Sko or Skronik and a few of the other like backup wide receivers. It just, we're really fortunate. A uh, Cooper cup's great, but Cooper cup can't be in all three wide receiver positions, right? Like he right. can't be doing everything. Yeah. And, and especially um, with some of the stuff, like when Higby was out and, and things like that, like we need the consistency. And even though OBJ is new and he's still learning the system, he's still a top receiver in the league and uh-huh. he's a smart guy. He's been able to pick up the offense pretty quickly. Um, you know, I, I still think there's some works, there's still some kinks and we can talk about in the offense overview to work out. Um, but you know, that's just a, a thing that's going to happen when you're, you know, six weeks into a new team. Yeah, uh, Van Jefferson with a few drops this game. I think he only caught like two of eight, something of that range. Mm-hmm. It just, Van Jefferson has had great games, especially early in the season. Lately, he's been, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, his connection with Stafford just, they're not on the same wavelength currently. And hopefully they can kind of patch that up. Uh, so after OBJ catches that touchdown, it's 27-13 Vikings. Uh, Vikings end up having a nice comeback drive where they score off of a uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins thrown TD to KJ Osborne. Uh, it's 27-20. 
this is one of those typical close Rams games. And then it's been happening more and more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because they can't close and they can't like fully sprint away like they were against some teams in the middle of the year uh, before yeah. our slide. And and I get it, you know, um, when they, they had six minutes left, they had a 10 point lead. Um, and, you know, I, I get where they're coming from. They're just going to run the ball, get through, you know, get as take as much time off the clock as they possibly can and move it on. Um, but we've seen um, I've, since the Arizona game, Arizona, um, the Seahawks and um, and this game with against the Vikings, where they're under 10 points and they have three really good you know, three really good quarterbacks trying to catch up in, in 10 points in, in about two minutes. And we've kind of seen each coach kind of do things a little differently. Um, you know, I think Kingsbury, I think, did it the worst way where you settle for a field goal after wasting so much time and then thinking you can score a field goal in, you know, 30 seconds. Um, where in this one, I think it was a little bit better. They they did go in and they scored a 44-yard field goal, giving at least uh, the the chance that even if they could catch an onside kick, which the Rams have not been great um, on, you know, dealing with the onside kick, um, but giving Kirk Cousins a minute and 30 seconds um, to to kind of end the to you know at least go back and tie the game. Um, that's kind of my takeaway on it, but. But luckily, they the Rams, you know, the special teams did they did hold. They were able to um, to get on the ball. I think Van Jefferson was actually the one who actually mm-hmm. caught the ball and uh, secured it to for the the victory formation. So uh, at least you know that was the one play that he was able to kind of uh, to get in on. Yeah, Brandon Powell actually was in the victory formation too. Oh yeah, I think I think they gave that to him. I think that he kind of like earned that spot to be in the victory formation because of his. Uh, return touchdown so that was really good Uh, kind of final stats Uh, when you look at the game it you know usually um, by looking at these stats that I will will go over it it almost kind of more favors the Vikings than it does the Rams but the Rams did squeak away with the seven point uh, win Um, so time of possession Rams were 30 minutes Vikings 30 minutes turnovers Rams had three Vikings had one um, total yards, Rams 356, Vikings 361, first downs, Rams 22, Vikings 19. Um, so it was actually pretty, you know, other than the turnovers, which the Vikings won that one, you know, it was a pretty close game as far as stats go. Yeah, uh, pretty even. Um, not the cleanest Rams game. Uh, we only had one penalty. That helps a lot. Um, when you clean, when you play clean football outside of like throwing picks and turnovers and stuff, it helps you if you're not shooting yourself in the foot, which the Vikings did a few times. And if you can avoid that, it just makes your life so much easier. Yeah. And I think our defense just played a strong game. I mean, um, in our offensive line, and I guess we can, we can turn over to the, to the offensive highlights in quarter two. Um, but our offensive line, what, um, I would say what kind of a mess that we were coming in into this game. I mean, we lose uh, Joe Noteboom. We lose um, Andrew Whitworth uh, for COVID reasons. Um, Brian, Allen. Brian Allen went out, you know, early in the game. So we had our uh, center who, who's been playing well in the last two weeks. He was playing um, in a different position and then had to move back into center. You know, we're switching mid game left-hand snapper or right-hand snapper to a left-hand snapper. Um, our tackles, um, are, are alternating, um, trying to find the best fit. And so they, I think they played a clean game. No sacks on Stafford. Yes, there was some pressure, uh, which could have turned into sacks. So they kind of turned into interceptions instead. But um, still, they, they, kept, they kept Stafford, for the most part, safe, secure, no sacks. Great job for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the fact the offense can score 23 points. Um especially the way like the last two, three weeks have been, people don't understand how difficult it is to operate and perform at an NFL level, let alone with like having a third of your team go on and off COVID list. That's like so much shuffling, so much preparation taken away, just trying to figure out Manning. Uh, I can't imagine what Sean McVay had to go through Uh, for all the grief we give him. It, he did a good job coaching the team to get to four wins 
throughout December. Yeah, and and again, going back to that offensive line, and it, you know, kind of going through our notes, it's like again, this offensive line was it was it, it wasn't broken, but it, you know, we have that depth in there that allowed it to succeed. Going having this offensive line, which didn't have its normal formation, and still allowing Sony Michelle to go for 131 yards is amazing. It mm-hmm. means that we have that depth, we have that security that. You know, whatever happens kind of in between our own line, we have players that fill that position that can provide um, relief if someone needs an extra, you know, an extra two downs to catch their breath, things like that. So I'm really pleased in the offensive line, you know, um, and then going into that, like I said, Sony Michelle, 131 yards, 27 carries, one touchdown. I mean, that's an amazing uh, stat for someone who was brought in to be RB2. They were not brought in to be RB1. They were brought in to support Henderson um, and to kind of, you know, give him relief. And he's now becoming RB1 throughout the month of December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moving into offensive highlights. I mean, just like touch on the whole old line thing, like you were saying, Zach. I mean, people have to realize um, there were question marks going into a season about this old line. Um, but there's a reason why the Rams didn't draft capital in this position very high. It's because they have a lot of faith in them, and a lot of people were questioning whether or not that was a good thing or bad thing. And whether or not Tutu was a good pick or not, I got to admit, they were right. They they have awesome depth, and the players they do have and have picked up uh, have been fantastic. And you look at teams that have drafted straight O-line in the first three rounds and that are struggling – I mean, like, Zach, that's you, – you see night and day difference. For example, the Dolphins, like, their O-line is a mess, and they've been just constantly pouring assets into that, and it hasn't worked out for them where we, like, we have really good talent ac- acquisition, especially with the O-line, and just got to give the coaches, um, Kevin Carberry, a big props to them. Like, good job on him. He's been coaching them really well. Yeah, and I, you know, and I think also having that veteran player in in Andrew Whitworth, I think that's brought um, a lot of help and kind of uh, additional to that coaching um, to kind of strengthen up, um, you know, like Joe Noteboom and you know the rest of the team on, you know, um, just his insight. I mean, he's played in the league for so long, and he's always been a you know a top tier um, offensive line player. So having that you know backing too, I think has been very important to this offensive line. You know you it's it's hard to find those good teachers those good people who are like yes let me show you this position let me show you how to get this done um very very um unselfish uh group there mm-hmm. yeah and he announced he's gonna play next or well it didn't announce but it seems like he'll play next year which will definitely help out the rams um moving on cooper cup having another 90 plus yard uh game just Zach, we have we're running out of things to talk about Cooper Cup. Just he's he's amazing. He's, he's amazing. I mean, he's he's still yeah. on on task to you know win that triple crown, and I hope he does. Um, this play this this is a guy who deserves it the most. I mean, he's putting in the I, it has to be he's putting in the most effort in this this Rams or in this Rams players um, perspective. Uh, he's doing everything. He's he's working. Uh, with Stafford on plays and designs and making sure that he can be the safety net if, if he needs to be. Um, I, again, there's, there's not a whole lot you can say. I mean, he, he needs to continue to be pushed into this MVP conversation. I mean, there are other players who I, I, I agree deserve um, that same kind of recognition, but to, to, to be the achievement that he is and the player that he is, um, he, he definitely stands out uh, amongst the top tier. Well, I will say this, Zach. I think he could do it just within the next game because a lot of people forget this Ravens team has a very, very battered and weakened secondary. You just had a historic game thrown by Joe Burrow. And, you know, no offense to the Bengals, but we have a better air offense than the Bengals. We could throw for a good amount. I I do you see that as a possibility, especially if Cooper Cup goes off? And this could be a game where he goes off for 200 yards, uh, possibly 300 if 
they just can't contain them at all. Like you could see angry Stafford. Like uh, I feel like after his multi-pick interception game, Zach, he has played far better the game after. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't I don't disagree. I've seen that. I've seen his motivation, and you know he is one of those quarterbacks that even though he throws an interception, he even throws two or three interceptions. I don't think it seems to phase him as much. He may he may be still a little like quick trigger to get the ball out, um, but we still see. I mean, when uh, the drive uh, for the touchdown with OBJ, like he had good passing plays on that, um, and you know, like, uh, Cooper cup still had 109 yards. Like, you know, he, he still, um, he still can find his target. He can still put the ball exactly where it needs to go. Um, I'm just, I'm just looking for a little bit more consistency because yeah, you can have a, um, a game in the regular season where you're, you're, you throw with three interceptions and still win the game. Um, but remember if you, you, once you lose in the playoffs, you're done. Um, so making sure that you're consistent when you're going in and, you know, you're not, you're, I mean, it's all likelihood now that you're not going to get the first round by. So, um, you're still playing, you know, four games in a row, um, and you have to be consistent on all four of those games. Mm -hmm. No, I definitely agree. That's something, uh, Stafford needs to try to hopefully get better with and he will, uh, going into Sony Michelle's a uh, great great stats for this game 27 carries 131 yards and a nice TD uh he is he has been the top running back uh, for yardage in December even doing better than the stud down in Indianapolis I mean uh Sony Michelle uh played a great game he was doing hard running he would have had he could have had a 200 yard game he really could have. Uh, it just kind of got stopped be, because I believe most of those yards came on those two drives. Uh, it just, outside of the two touchdown drives, he just wasn't getting ran clearly enough. And I, no complaints by me. He was breaking tackles, being slippery. Uh, there was a play where he almost got off of his balance, but he confused a tackle or two and then just kept on shooting up for another 10 yards. So just a great play by him. Yeah. I mean, it's very hard to get, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we've seen him get a negative yard play yet, but you know, it's very hard for them him to just get a zero yard game. I mean, usually he's able to get at least one or two yards by just forcing his body forward. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, he's played lights out in December, um, you know, he, he clearly could be up there in, you know, probably top seven, maybe even top five, if this is the way he was, perf if this is the way he was kind of performing the whole, uh, season, um, just like Matt Stafford, just like OBJ, um, you know, this is a new offense to him. Um, he was, he was coming in as RB two, um, you know, he was the kind of the force, uh, but really when they were looking for like breakout and speed, they were, they were kind of leaning on Henderson for that uh, or and for the pass game. So that's why Henderson seemed to be more in a more, cause he could be in the running position or in the passing position if they want to adjust that way. And it seems like for the most part, um, Sony is, is, is really just the running back in the pass protector and things like that. Um, we saw a few attempts of um, some passes to him weren't very successful, whether that was uh, Sony's fault or, or um, Stafford's fault, but there, there is that learning curve. And I give that to all the players, but Sony Michelle has definitely excelled. I think um, from learning a new process and, you know, breaking out and, you know, being this forceful um, train that we need just to push and push and push so that we can now try to do the play action um, and to let Stafford kind of throw the ball to keep the defense from constantly knowing what we're going to do next. Uh -huh. Uh, so for our halftime, we'll go over some Rams news. Uh, Henderson and Ernest Jones have been ruled out. Uh, er I believe Henderson is done for the year. Um, Ernest Jones, they said he might be able to come back during the playoffs. So hopefully we get him back. He had a great game until he left. Um, and then Travian Howard, who came in for him, also had a great game. Uh, Greg Gaines broke his hand, but won't miss a lot of time. 
the great legend John Madden passed away at 85. Uh, we touched on it earlier. Powell won the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Uh, congrats to him. It was a fantastic play. And then Akers is rumored to be getting some touches against the Ravens. I would be, I wouldn't be very optimistic that that's actually going to happen. In my opinion, um, if I'm if I'm going to do anything, I'm saving Acres for the playoffs. Let Sony Michelle run the rest of the show with Funk in the back to give him some break. But maybe you might see one or two touches. But I wouldn't. I don't know if I would want to try to. Um, I don't know if I would want to try to get uh, Cam in there so quickly. I could see them doing something with him in the red zone. I really do. Uh, I think they'll do stuff that's likely not to get him hit. So I don't think he'll be running directly with the ball. I would be surprised. But you could see some trickery like him line up in the wildcat and then him pass off a jet sweep to wide receiver or something like interesting like that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, but uh, it – It'd be impressive if he's just in that backfield to start with, let alone if he carries the rock or not. Right. No, yeah. You know, when you say that, you know, I could see him playing that kind of, you know, role of, um, you know, another um, receiving uh, threat out there. I could see him doing that. That would give, you know, at least good cover to Cup or OBJ or, you know, he he has the speed. He has the capability of breaking, uh, breaking away from tackles and things like that. So, you know, I could, I could definitely see him that, but yeah, I, for me, I, I just don't see him, you know, grinding, grinding the ball like Sony does. I think he's, he's going to be the lead back. And I, if I, if it was me, I would save I would save acres so that you have two really good um, running backs going into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, John Madden passing away. That sucks. I mean, that a part of life is like growing up and seeing people you look up to, you know, eventually pass on and, you know, he left a legacy and there's nothing much to say besides he's a, he was a fantastic commentator, awesome coach and one of the best to ever do it. No, for sure. And you know, the, the one grateful thing I think that can come out of this, I mean, it's hard to lose anybody, but you know, seeing, um, on Christmas day, you know, they had that big special for him and him being able to, uh, be alive for that, seeing that special being with his family and, um, getting to experience that. I think that's, that's a once in a lifetime thing. You know, a lot of people wait, um, until after they're gone before these kind of documentaries come up and these, these, these special things, but that tribute to him, um, you know, before his passing and him able to experience that and kind of um, uh, get the the feedback that I'm sure many players, coaches, uh, broadcasters, um, uh, you know, ac- across his network reached out to him and he was able to have those conversations in the in these last few days. Mm-hmm. Now let's move on to defense, Zach. Um, our defensive highlights are basically uh, that tip pass, uh, I believe that was Darius Williams tipped the pass and Howard picked it off. Great uh, pick. Um, saved us three points. Critical time in the game. I mean, really, what a way to kind of, um, you know, solidify kind of that spot when Ernest, uh, when Ernest Jones gets out is, you know, you step in and, you know, you get the tip ball for for the interception and, and able to run it out. So, um you know, that's just, it's just great confidence in a player. And I think that really helps boost that defense, which, um, you know, you know, we have to give props to uh, Raheem Morris. I mean, he's took a team where I think everyone was fearful when he was coming in, um, coming in from the Falcons and fearful that what are we, that we are going to regress um, significantly without the Brandon Staley defense. And, you know, we, we have seen it at times and, We've seen like what in the world is going on? Like this just does not seem like the normal Rams defense. But I think the key is is that they've made the adjustments um, in the games where they did lose and they seem to lose bad. I, I I don't necessarily if you go back and look, you know I think that there is there's phases in all three um, the offense and the the special teams that didn't help the defense at all. Um, 
Yeah, the only game I can remember where the defense was just completely atrocious was the first Cardinals game. That's the only one. There's been other games where, yeah, they go into soft-shell coverage when I think they do it too early in the game and they get more conservative. And he, like, has people off the line of scrimmage by, like, nine yards when it's a seven-yard first down marker. It's silly stuff like that that I understand why people get upset. Uh, but for the most part, I think he's done a good job. Um, I think expecting number one defense is a little unfair. Uh, I think we have a better defense than it comes off to because our QB has thrown a little bit more pick sixes than normal mm-hmm. teams usually get against it. But for the most part, defense, uh, it's been solid. Yeah, I mean, um, we haven't had the big explosive. I mean, we've had we've had several interceptions by the defense, but you know, we haven't had the big explosions. I like like I feel like we had last year, where I think our defense was carrying a good portion of uh, the point tally. Um, and this year, we haven't seen that as much. But you know, at the same time, it's uh, it, it's been good in critical situations. It has in been getting I mean, three and outs when you, we need them or fourth down stops. And they've been, they've seemed to be great on, in the red zone. I mean, yeah, we've, they've given up points and uh, that's going to happen. Every team gives up points, but you know, when I, I was there at the indie game, you know, in the end zone, like watching them and they are, they were, I mean, it, again, this was, you know, week two or whatever, but you know, they were holding them to the line. They were not letting them move between like the, you know, the three and the five yard line. And they are so good when they are compact that I can see why they play soft coverage until they get to the red zone. Then they have that tighter coverage where there's not a whole lot of places to go. You're either going to get an interception. You might get lucky and get the ball, but like they're breaking up those plays, like no one's business. Um, So, you know, I think Raheem Morris is actually doing a great job. You know, I've, I've heard, you know, little rumors that, you know, he may get poached, but honestly, I think he's one of the better coaches that I think we have a chance to keep for a second year, which only, which I think can only make the defense better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I I think he would be worth keeping around. Um, Let's kind of talk about uh, Ramsey versus Jefferson and AD getting 12 sacks. Zach, how do you think Ramsey fared against Justin Jefferson I I mean I don't think you could really ask for any better I mean so looking at the stats Jefferson had a total of 11 catches and 116 yards Ramsey covered him 21 times total um only was targeted five of those 21 times had three of them where they're actually caught and only for 24 yards so of the 116 yards that Jefferson actually got only 24 of those were against Ramsey um so in my opinion, I think, I think Ramsey won in that. Um, does that mean that our other, uh, you know, cornerbacks and, and safeties need to do a better job? Well, yes, but, um, but this just proves that Raheem Morris has adjusted. And, you know, in the beginning we were, they were using Ramsey in that star position and kind of blitzing a lot, but we, na- we know that Ramsey can take out a receiver. And if you take out the best receiver in the game, you, your chances of winning are significantly more because you, you're losing that explosive player. Yeah, I I hate seeing Ramsey pass rush. That's the stupidest thing ever. I, just I mean, don't... I get Ramsey wants to do it because he feels like he, he has that capability. But when you don't have the capability in the back to to – if you if we had two Ramseys and we had one blitzing and we had one covering the best receiver, no problem at all. But you don't have that, um, and and so I, I think that they've corrected and I think they've realized like if we want to be successful, we need to move to this game plan. And I think Ramsey's seeing that, and I think he's he's understanding and um, is willing to do that role that we've known him to be. Yeah, I'm definitely not against trying it for uh, like a few games or something. Like, I thought it was an interesting idea. It just never clearly worked out because, like, when you blitz, you're taking a body away from coverage, especially a critical one. And that person ultimately doesn't have a single effect on the play unless that they either sack the QB 
or they block the throw. And so like if either of those things happen, they have to happen for you to have impact. And that's like chance wise is very unlikely. And so like, why not just have someone like Troy reader be doing that? Uh, because he like, he just being a body to kind of cause chaos in the backfield. That's why you do that kind of pass rush. Um, not really to get the sack because the chances of you getting sack is very unlikely. Um, Unless if you're very great, like if you're a team like Dolphins or Miami where you do it in a big enough like quantity, then it's a little bit different. But for our defense, we just don't blitz enough to kind of be that effective to it uh, for it. So it, it, I just found it silly and I hope we move away from that. Um, it was neat to try and I think they've figured out it, it wasn't really working. And when you leave Jalen Ramsey out, like not in the backfield, uh, the number one wide receivers see a lot more success. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So you want to move to our final final quarter, quarter number four? Yeah, Zach. Uh, I am actually going to this game. It was moved to one p.m. Uh, Eastern. That kind of annoyed me. I had to find new parking, Zach, so that was not fun. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I guess I guess I didn't really think about that. For me, it's like, oh, well, it's early in the game, so you know, I don't have to spend all evening uh, watching it. But, yeah, if you're actually going to the game, that does kind of uh, make some uh, adjustments. Yeah, because we're going to go and look and do a few things around Baltimore, and we have to move around our entire schedule now. Um, so that sucked, but besides that, um, it just – it's going to be a little bit different moving it up. It's going to be warmer, which is better for the Rams. The time adjustment isn't as good. You know, they'll be on what? 10 o'clock time. Yeah. You know, and I was looking at that, you know, Sean McVay didn't really seem too phased when he was asked during the last presser. Um, He kind of was like, yeah, you know, the players are just going to get up, you know, get ready. And, you know, we're going to play some football. Like he, he was kind of like, yeah, it doesn't really bother us. It's actually seems more beneficial for us to, you know, kind of get up and just get our day going instead of, you know, waking up and, you know, trying to adjust to a few hours and, and then get started. He, he seemed more willing. Um, not sure if it's also just because, you know, we're not playing, you're not playing at night anymore. You're going to be, I mean, cause you're going to be in a, uh, the Raven stadium is a, is an open air stadium, correct? Mm-hmm. So, you know, playing in the day, playing a little bit warmer in the sunshine, um, instead of playing at cold at night, you know, it probably does have some benefits. Um, it'll be, I believe it'll be like in the fifties versus like, it was going to be the thirties or forties. So it's a significant enough change. It'll probably help us out a little bit more. Um, I will also say it's annoying because I was looking forward to us playing after the um, Cardinals Cowboys game, because that's like one of those ones where I don't know if I want them to win or lose. Uh, <laughs> you you know what I mean? Like if yeah. we beat the Ravens, then clearly like you don't mind if they beat the Cowboys, because if they beat the Cowboys, that means we have a good chance of getting number two seed. But then again, if the Cowboys beat them, then we clinch if we win. So mm-hmm. it, it's one of those, uh, it's a win-win game. That's how I'll look at it. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I, you know, I'm always for the Cardinals uh, losing so that the Rams can be victorious in the division. Um, and so that's how I see it. But I see the, I see the reasons why for both sides of the, of reasons why you would want, you know, the Cardinals to win or not, but that also puts more pressure on the Rams to actually win against the Ravens. So um, I'm always for the Rams, you know, trying to, you know, clench that um, division slot to, you know, solidify it. But, you know, I, I'm agreement. I think it doesn't really matter either way for us as long as the Rams win against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And plus, I want to kind of scrape, like, scrub away that memory of that 2019 game straight from my brain. Just completely just bleach it. Yeah, I was listening to some other podcasts, and I and I always forget about that game. And that was also the game that... Um, There's a reason you forgot. <laughs> you forget, and then, you know, I got brought up that... You know, it's the same game that we had uh, Weddle on our team as a safety, and he refused to talk about any of the things that the Ravens did, and um, and you were just like, 
you know, if this was in reverse, you know, a, a Rams player on their team, which I, I almost feel like they did have a Rams player on their team. Um, you know, they were, they would tell the secrets. Marcus of, Peters. Was Marcus Peters there that same time? Yeah. Was, yeah. So, yeah, and that we, was the other thing. I, him a few weeks before that. Yeah. And I, I think Marcus Peters, you know, had to give some stuff away. Like there's, I mean, maybe not, but you know, that's the, that's the thing about changing it. I mean, you don't have to give every single detail, but like, you know, help your team out. You're trying to, you're trying to, you know, win some games here, you know? Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. That game was a bad game. Yeah. I, I hope for a competitive game, uh, especially if Lamar Jackson is playing or I cannot believe it's not Lamar Jackson is playing. Um, I, I love that nickname for Huntley. I just love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, you know, he didn't play this past week, right? Uh, no, he was out on COVID. Yeah. And I haven't even heard much about him this week. Like even if Lamar, like I haven't heard much about Huntley playing, but, um, but I would yeah. assume Huntley will be playing if Lamar isn't starting. I would assume. Yeah, I don't know if he's been back, if he's been activated yet back from, because he was on the COVID list. So uh-huh. I don't know if he's been reactivated or not. So we'll keep an eye out on that. Um, uh-huh. But any, but either way, I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be kind of a threat, you know, whichever one you get. Yeah. Also the Rams and uh, Ravens arguably have the two best kickers in the league in Justin Tucker and Matt Gay. I mean, both had had amazing uh, seasons. Uh, Justin Tucker having the longest field goal in NFL history and Matt Gay having the highest kicking percentage in NFL, or not NFL history, but in the NFL this season. Yeah, I mean, Tucker, Tucker to me, you know, even though, you know, Rams fan for life but you know Tucker to me seems like he is the best kicker in the NFL only because of his distance kicking um you know we haven't really seen Matt Gay try to kick those super super long uh, goals but it almost just seems when the Ravens need that need that last second 60 whatever yard field goal to win the game you know we have all of our faith is in Tucker and you know he's able to succeed in that so um definitely going to be a matchup if it if it comes down to you know, three points. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, the... I mean, Matt has kicked a few like 55, 56 yarders. I think his season high is 57. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he's been, he's been great for us and I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade him, you know, for anything, uh, especially given, you know, our last several kickers. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the, Ra- the, the Ravens are just kind of in this weird kind of, you know, they're eight and seven, um, just came off of a four, they're on a four game losing streak. They're having these weird games where, you know, are we blame, should we blame Harbaugh for their losses? Because they keep going for two when they only need one to tie the game. Like they're trying to go for the, the kill throat at the, like the last second, but you know, never able to get the two point done. So then they just lose instead of try to tie and go into overtime. I'm not really sure what the, that game plan is, but, um, it seems like at least a couple of our losses are, our Harbaugh's problem. Yeah, he um some weird play calling. I I almost feel like um he thinks it's the 2019 uh Ravens team and he's like coaching like that's the team he has right now and it clearly isn't. Um just yeah. s- some weird decision making there. So, you know, um so Baltimore does have I mean it it doesn't feel like, I mean, it's not really a trap game because, you know, again, the, the Ravens are actually a, a decent team as a whole. Um, but, you know, them coming from a four-game losing streak and we're on a four-game win streak with some kind of, at least the last two games have kind of been kind of squeakers um, to get out of there. Um, hopefully with the Rams being able to, you know, practice more efficiently and more often than they have been over the last, really almost the whole month of December, um, that gets their rhythm a little bit. And so I probably blame mostly that lack of practice for a lot of the mistakes that happened. But um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Baltimore has allowed the most passing yards um, which is great for Stafford and especially for cup and OBJ and and Jefferson. Um, But they've also had the fewest rushing guards in the NFL. So that does pose a bit of a problem. 
um, if we're trying to keep our running game up with our with our passing game. Well, this is one of those games you'll want to run later in the game after you set up the run with some nice screen play, screen uh, quick action or quick passes, uh, a little bit of play action thrown in there. You don't necessarily have to be running great early to do play action. So hopefully they do stuff like that. I really feel like, Zach, this game could be, it's almost like the reverse of of 2019, the last game we played against them, where it was a Ravens team kind of rolling uh, have on a win streak. Yeah, I believe they're around the same amount of wins as we are now. And going up against a, not a bad Rams team, a team, a Rams team that was hit or miss for most of the season unquestionable games and you just saw the Ravens get blown out and the Rams in 2019 got blown out a few times um so uh, it's very much of the same vein just shoes on a different foot now yeah um you know the going into kind of like the biggest threats that the Rams have I mean Lamar Jackson if he is playing he's kind of the seems like the biggest um threat that they have I mean his his passing game is on point. He has their, he's their rushing leader um, with 133 carries, 767 yards and two rushing touchdowns, um, which is kind of insane. Um, when Sony Michelle has 168 carries and 728 yards. Um, but on the receiving end of things, you would think you would have a wide receiver as your, you know, number one receiving yards. And it is not, it is their tight end. Yeah, with 93 receptions and 1,187 uh, 1, yards and nine touchdowns. Cooper Cup actually has more yards and touchdowns than all three of their their wide receivers combined. Ooh. Um, but the true question, Zach, is, is how many times this season has Lamar Jackson faced Greg Gaines? Ooh, I don't know. Greg Gaines, he hasn't faced Greg Gaines yet. And yeah. uh, he's running over other uh, defenses that don't have Greg Gaines. But we've seen Greg Gaines. He can catch a quick QB or two. That's true. So, I mean, uh, I mean that guy's magic. He, I mean, he's, you know, magic feet. He, he can get after those quarterbacks for being such a big dude. Yeah, he's the uh, quickest play in the NFL. Uh, he'll keep that moniker after he catches. I'm sure he'll catch Lamar Jackson once or twice. I mean, he was hobbling in practice, so he might be hobbling Lamar to, like Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of looking at their injury report, and it looks like Huntley is out as of today. Hmm. Well, we may be seeing uh, either Lamar or uh, Josh Johnson. No, I can't believe it's not Lamar. That's sad. I wanted to use that in our next uh, podcast, but I won't be able to. Um, (laughs) uh, So uh, Ravens have the second best red zone offense. Um, That's with Lamar. Uh, Again, it all comes down to how healthy Lamar is because they may not be able to do RPO. And I feel like we've defended that pretty well this season, especially playing against the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I think we'll be fine in the red zone. Um, you know, we like I said, when I go back previous, I mean, the, the, the Rams are so good in kind of a tight coverage when, you know, they don't have to play the whole backfield when they're contained within, you know, those 20 yards. Once they have the receivers locked up and they can't really get away from them, I mean, there's, there's really nothing that they can do. So um, it's going to take – uh, you know, Lamar's legs, if he is in to, to get him to um, the promised land, if they, if they want to win the ball. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Um, well, I mean, do you have any final, final comments before we wrap things up? Nope. I'm going to have fun uh, at the game. If you guys at all want to see any pictures or anything like that uh my twitter handle is at ramfanashton and then uh zach mears at at zach mears so definitely hit us up and tweet us if you're going to the game send us pictures uh definitely want to talk about the game uh i'll be tweeting live tweeting we we always message each other back and forth during the game um either like eye rolls or like 
<laughs> just crying if uh, Stafford throws a pick six. So, uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely. We, we, we want to see that Twitter, uh, the Twitter love out there. So, all right. Well, I think that does it for this week's uh, episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. You can always send questions and feedback to us at feedback at eastcoastrams.com or hit us up on Twitter, like Ashton said. Um, let's get it done on Sunday, Ramley. All right. Horns up. Horns up.